0: By Rebecca Spencer. Lass calls it, and that's a wonderful goal. And rear Percival from almost the halfway line.
1: Welcome back to the N17 Women Pod, the only podcast out there that looks exclusively at Spurs women. And we've gone, come to the end of the season, so one more game to discuss before our end of season pod. And, well, it was a lovely sunny day in Dagenham as we took on West Ham. The line-up, well, I should first of all say the line-up for the pod today is a, li- is a little bit light. Abby's unfortunately not with us today, but uh, Rachel and Caroline are with me, Sean, to go through this, uh, this game. Although, as I say, with not much riding on it apart from eighth place. Um, you know, we were all just enjoying, I think, the ability to not have to worry about the game. But the lineup was Becky and Goal, which saw our perception of half and half games coming true. As Mita, Molly, Amy and Ash were the back four with Drew and Harrod and Kit in the middle of the park and Celine was and Beth up the top. No Shalina anywhere, not even on the bench. So what did we make of the lineup?
2: I think it was surprising that Shalina wasn't there, given that it was the last game. We know her contract is up for renewal. It may uh, be the last game she plays for Spurs or be the last game she's at. So that was definitely a surprise. I think it was, you know, Becky getting the 11th game so that she and Tinny are exactly equal was pretty expected. I know that Vicky Jepsen said they, she doesn't select them on, in order to give them 50-50, but we've now had two seasons in a row when they've come out exactly even. So either things are just very randomly even, or there is some purpose to it. It was interesting to see, uh well, I mean, I guess I was disappointed to see Evelina starting on the bench, given that I think she's had a couple of really good games. And also we know that her aggressive pressing has been really important, especially the, to sort of in kicking off the game fast, and she did that against Reading, and that was really key to us having a lot of momentum in that game. So. Not super happy about that. Obviously, it's lovely to see Kit. Yeah, not entirely certain about that one. And then we had Asmita coming in for Karis. We've all been wanting to see a bit more of Asmita, So again, you know, it was nice to see her there. Um, I was glad Karis also got some game time because I didn't want Kate Longhurst in her last game to catch up with her in appearances in the WSL. So yeah, I mean, you know, that was okay. I wonder if Evelina's carrying
1: a knock still because she did come off, didn't she, in the last game thing. So I wonder if she's if there's a little bit of, Something going on there as to why she didn't start. I can't see much reason otherwise
2: for her not starting. Yeah, although I thought she came off after getting a really bad bloody nose. I mean, she might have got another knock. She's always getting knocked over. So it's possible that there were multiple knocks.
0: Yeah, I did feel a little concerned with not seeing Evelina because I think we've talked many times this season about how our defence kind of struggles starting in the midfield. And I feel like when she's not in the lineup, we lose a little bit of that tenacity and just awareness. So that concerned me a bit, but it was exciting to see Asmita getting a rare start this season and Becky as well. You know, I I think it's been a tough season for her, but she had a few good saves in this match. So it's I think goalkeeper goalkeeper's going to be one of those really interesting positions in this upcoming, you know, transfer window. But we'll get onto that.
1: The game I think started fairly slowly from a Spurs perspective, but after 20 minutes Roz put in a great cross to the back post um, for Beth to head her home and for Spurs to take the lead. The joy was not that long-lived. After 38 minutes, West Ham equalised in <laughs> not good for our defence. The ball bounced around between several defenders, uh, fell to Celine inside the box. She couldn't keep hold of the ball, and uh, West Ham player stole it off her, put it in the back of the net to make it 1-1. And then after 44 minutes, so just before the end of the first half, Uh, Even worse goal from our perspective, Kit gave away a foul just inside our half and the resulting free kick found Kit's head in the box and went flying into our own net. So 2-1 to West Ham, thanks to two particularly ropey goals from a Spurs perspective. How were we feeling at halftime?
2: Yeah, I think that first goal, it showed a couple of things. I mean, I think it showed that Celine is not always the best person to be defending in the box. It also was, you know, as Mita, we've said in the past, is very good at passing the ball. She's very, you know, she's quite quite creative and progressive, but it felt like she was being much more cautious in this game. And the pass that went to Celine was her playing a back pass where she could have played something actually more creative going forward. And that's what put Celine into difficulties. And she got kind of quite easily pickpocketed. And it was a horrible goal. So there was that one. I think, yeah, I said to Kit Graham as well afterwards, like, she must hate that stadium because that's the stadium where she got her ACL. That's the stadium where she conceded an own goal. Now it's not a great place for her to be. And, but I think also one of the things that really struck me was not so much Kit Graham's own goal, people scoring goals, but. We've talked before about, you know, what Harris does in potentially sort of organising around corners and sort of defensive work there. And I'm not sure if it was her absence, again, Evelina's absence. We have two players there who were not in, who are quite good in those situations. And I think neither Azzy or Kit are as good in them. And it felt, it was really weird watching because we were all sitting right behind that goal. And so and it, like I was directly behind the goal. And it felt like there was this long line of Spurs players sort of literally sort of just lining up to head of the ball and Kit got to it and headed it in. And it, there was only, I think, one West Ham player they were defending. And that seemed, you know, again, the, purport, the number of players to the number of West Ham players, it just felt like it wasn't a very
0: well-organised defensive play. I don't know how they should have organised it, but not like that. I hadn't even thought about that being... Kit's bogey ground basically that's a good point but I think in fairness to Kit like yeah the own goal was was kind of terrible but she had some really strong moments going forward and I think that's kind of more of what we want her to be prioritizing anyway so that at least makes me feel good about next season having her in the lineup more regularly but I agree I think on both of the goals we conceded as Mita had kind of had a moment earlier in the play where she was attempting a back pass and both times I don't think the player who received it was under a ton of pressure maybe kit more so but Celine at least had had a lot of space to work in so I think that really went down more to Celine's inexperience on defense which we had talked about previously this season as well so that's definitely something that she can you know work on over the summer. And I, the goals, I think, were tricky from Becky's perspective as well, because on the first one, it looked to me like she was a little bit unsighted by one of our defenders. I can't remember who it was now. And then on Kit's own goal, I mean, that that just (laughs) was bad luck. So, you know, it's kind of the story of our season conceding these like unforced error kind of goals. But to go back to our goal that we scored earlier in the half, that was another example of our improvement on offensive set pieces. And to me, what I loved about that goal was that it was, everybody was really focused on like one touch movements. You know, we had a couple of like headed flicks and then for Roz to have that kind of volleyed cross, um, right into the path of, of Beth was a really good bit of skill, I thought, and showed that we at least seemed to have some calmness and, you know, a really good organization on when we're actually attacking on a set piece it's just the defensive ones that we need to clean up
2: (laughs) I think uh, what you're pointing to there as well reminded me that Beth's movement on that set piece and the fact that she actually was only she only ran this box quite late and it reminded me a little bit of was it last week I'm getting confused so many goals from Beth but you know another one of her headed the one that she I can't remember it's the one where she got the second ball from a set piece as well and we talked about the fact that you know, other teams should know that Beth is coming into the box, but especially where you have a set piece that is not direct and that or sorry that is going through at least, you know, a second ball and so she's getting the second, third, or I think in this case it was like the fourth ball, um, after the set piece. It's just harder for defenders to keep their attention on her and her movement is so good and she finds that space so well. Um, you know, and so it was a nice cross from Ros but it only works when you know you've got a player like Beth who is going to find space and get to it and yeah it really was just a sign of what she brings to the team. I guess the other thing I was going to say just in response to what Caroline was saying about Kit is like and I don't want to be dissing on Kit I love Kit as a player but I think she had a bad game this game I don't think she was strong and I don't know why that was especially and like it's it But it felt like she was. I mean, I looked afterwards. Her stats for passing were in the sort of fifty percentage range, which is low. And it just felt like she was being bullied off the ball too often, and wasn't. And it wasn't finding players in space. That said, you know, she did contribute to lots of good moves that didn't end up resulting in goals. So it wasn't that she was terrible, but I did think it wasn't her best game since she's been back.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, But I also think you know. Lots of people talk about Roz having a great game. And we've said before, actually, that she's, you know, if she plays on the wing, she can get crosses in. And our problem previously has been that we haven't had anybody in the box. And we've been saying a lot, we need somebody in the box. Now we're finding somebody in the box. So it does make Roz's game look better in that regard. And we'll come on to kind of players overall. But the second half, obviously, the changes that we that Rachel there suggested um, might happen did happen. Uh, as Mita came off and Kerris came on, and then and came off for Evelina. So two changes to get Kerris and uh, and Ev back on the pitch after 49 minutes. That paid off. Drew won the ball in our half, played it through to Beth, who knocked it back to Kit, who ran with it a little bit and then knocked it out wide to Roz, who ran quite some distance before crossing the ball into Beth on the near post this time. And Beth, of course, made it 2-2. So we saw a kind of a team goal um, the week before, and now we've seen another one in this game. Those kind of green shoots coming through for next season that we can see, are we feeling encouraged by the way that we're scoring goals now?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I also say, I also think, and it just reminded me of it in talking about uh, Keris coming on and Rod getting, going down the wing, Is that I always prefer Roz playing with Karis and Ash playing with Celine. I just don't think the Ash Roz on one side works perfectly. I think it sort of like quashes both of their skills in some way and it doesn't bring out the best. So I was I'm always happy when it's so this meant this swapped back and I like that a lot better. And I think that was also something that improved in our second half. But, and, I also, yeah, and I'm yeah, and i not certain that Azzy and Salim were linking up perfectly in the first half. And there's something about the sort of ways in which the players on the wings are put together that makes a difference to how we play. Yeah. Otherwise, I think I was I predicted that these subs were going to come on when they did come on at halftime. So it wasn't massively surprising. Although what was interesting is that Drew was then the player who was used as a number 10 in this game rather than Evelina. So she was played a little bit further back. So I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but I think maybe it was a judgment by Vicky Jepsen about where we were having the sort of most pressure and the need to have somebody who was doing a bit more running in that space. Uh,
0: something I liked about the goal that we scored in this half was seeing the link up between Drew and Beth, because I think we expected to see a lot more of that uh, when Beth joined in January because they had been previously teammates at Chelsea. And their connection seemed really strong in the second half, I thought. So, I mean, assuming that Drew is going to stay with the club, because I don't think she's out of contract, right? Hopefully they can continue incorporating more of that. I also think it's good to note that a lot of times when Beth scores, she's involved in the buildup as well. So she's not only like finishing her chances, she's creating them as well. So it's you know, I think there's kind of a narrative around Beth coming to the team and there being concerns about who's going to create the chances for her. And I do think a lot of our players have stepped up in that aspect, but she's also capable of creating those chances herself. So she's just an incredible player. I, I mean, we can't say that enough. We'll come on to uh,
1: England and the uh, forthcoming announcement shortly um, around Beth. But yes, she's certainly uh, been a big difference and she won players player of the year as well as supporters player of the year
2: of course so the the players obviously appreciating her impact as well and I think one of the things that's interesting is that we're not actually creating a lot more chances than we were before Beth was in the team she is just amazingly efficient at converting them and that's really impressive
1: well it's like we say you know we needed somebody in the box we've got somebody in the box now that it's it's going to make a difference and the fact that it's Beth improves your chances because She's, you know, just the sort of player that does finish those chances. So the rest of the second half was mostly um, substitutions, really. Uh, Jess came on for Celine a little bit later on. Manor came on for Roz. Becky did make a a really good save in the 83rd minute. And then the final change, um, Rhea came on for Kit right at the death there. So I guess a lot of chances for people to get a last little run out for the season, for some of them possibly their last run out in a Spurs shirt. Uh, how did we all feel at the end of the game? What were we thinking about substitutions and about the way in which the game was played?
2: I thought Jess looked really lively. I thought she didn't end up getting a chance, but she seemed really determined and quite creative and she was making a lot of things happen. So I thought that she did herself, you know, had a good final game. And I hope that she has the sort of space to build on it over this summer, given that she had a long period of injury this year and that she kind of starts the season really strong next year. So I'm I was pleased for her even if she didn't get, you know, either an assist or a goal in the end. I did just want I did just want to say a sort of a shout out to Amy Turner who we have been quite critical of on this podcast, especially when she's playing at the right back, but even in center back, she did put in like a really crucial block and she was, you know, this was a good game for her. So this was one of the better games. She still is not as progressive by any means as Molly or even Shalina in terms of what she does going forwards. But she did put a good sort of central defensive sort of performance in. So worth saying that. And I think the other thing is, I guess, manner and it looks like she may not stay at Spurs and this may be her last game. And, you know, it's, it's a shame. It feels like her performances have kind of drifted a little bit and she's become a lot, a lot less central to than we thought she was going to be when she came. and
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think is quite fitted in in the way that she. we hoped she would. Caroline, what were your
0: thoughts on that game? Uh, I think overall it was kind of a fitting into the season to get a draw because, you know, we saw a lot of the good things that we started to see towards the end of the season from the team, but also some of the weaknesses that have been present the whole campaign. So it felt like an appropriate result to me. and. Credit to West Ham, like they, they didn't give up either. So it's, I think this is one of our more exciting rivalries, like I said before. So always an interesting watch. And for some of those players who it could be their last game, it's, it's a bit sad that it had to be an away game for one thing. But, you know, I know there've been some rumors swirling around about Shalina possibly uh, not renewing her contract. So for her to not be involved at all feels like a bit of a bummer. I don't know. It's I feel like it's going to be a really important summer in terms of not just the manager question, which is super important, but also what direction we're going to go in with the squad, because I think this season really highlighted, you know, the key areas where we need to improve. But I feel a lot better about our attack, at least. So there's that.
1: And what about Roz? We've we've talked a lot about Roz and, and our frustrations with her some people after this game saying you know she really made a mark and and we should definitely be keeping her for me personally I think we've seen improvements in single games before and it hasn't translated to the rest of the season so I'm just a bit worried that one one or two good games don't translate into suddenly her being this incredible player what what is everybody else thinking
0: I'll go first (laughs) um I, you know, I kind of think I'm still at the same place I was last time we had this conversation, which is that she's definitely a player that we can replace in the starting lineup. Certainly, you know, I don't, I don't think perhaps we want her ideally as a starter, but she strikes me as someone who actually is happy to be a role player. And I think she's shown enough quality, especially in the second half of the season to justify keeping her on
2: i guess i expect that she will be kept i am ambivalent at best about that she clearly has been playing much better in some games her M product is still often not great and she you know the things we find frustrating about her that she runs into players that she loses the ball continues to happen And so she definitely isn't of the quality that top wingers are in other WSL sides. And I would be concerned if we were keeping her and keeping other players out. And I hope that the decision about whether to renew her contract and for how long is being made with a manager who has a plan for how she can be included in a way that improves her significantly. So. You know, I guess I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe, you know, if we say we got rid of, say we sold her and she went to another team and she just like found her form and was amazing. Would we be gutted? And yeah, maybe. I don't know. I am I remain ambivalent at best. And it's just because we've had so many games where she has underperformed and that is because she has skills and because she doesn't look up. And we've said over and over again, when she's running into space, she's great. But when she's got people around her, when there are options behind her, when there are other things to think about, she's so much less good. And her two goals today were, you know, playing the ball forward from a position of relative space of some space. And that's what she's good at.
0: You know, the other factor for me is just that there are other areas of the squad where I feel like it's much more critical for us to make changes. So that that kind of factors in as well. Like if she's not a player that we can move on and replace then I would rather us be focusing on some of the holes in the defence and the defensive midfield instead.
1: Yeah, I think um I've said before and I, I think we need to be wary about making too many changes this summer. And and again it depends on what's available on the market and what the players are that you can bring in because I do think that Roz works hard. I do think that she has been at Spurs for a long time and genuinely works hard for the team and for the club. So I don't have any issues from her with her from that perspective. But I, as you say, I wouldn't want her to be a regular. Wouldn't want her to be as much of a starter as she has been this season. Moving forward, but as I say, just depends what else is available for me going forward. If there's somebody better out there, let's go and grab them. But if there's not a player that works hard and and supports the team,
2: is is worth keeping. I guess just so I, I wonder if we just rolling back to thinking about sort of end of game feelings. I did end this game. On the one hand, it was good that we came back and it was a draw. But I think at half time I tweeted that it really summed up both Spurs and West Ham's seasons that we'd gone ahead and then Spurs had, you know, got two, you know, benefited from two mistakes. And sorry, West Ham had benefited from two mistakes. And because we know that they have got a lot of their goals through, you know, but I think they might be now the team with the most own goals to their advantage. They just benefited from mistakes and penalties and various other things. And it just seemed sort of very, very appropriate for the season. And, but I also I didn't end feeling, I mean, I didn't, throughout the game, I felt a little bit frustrated. It felt like we hadn't built on the game that we'd had against Reading. We were definitely not in the same place, having the same energy as in that game. And that was disappointing. And so on the one hand, yeah, it was good to come back and it was good not to end on a loss. But it wasn't a game that gave me a lot of confidence in this team staying as this team going forward. And so it did make us me think that, you know, we need changes. We need radical changes because that wasn't enough.
1: I guess it's difficult, isn't it? If you're playing for a team and the manager, you don't know who's going to be. So it's not like you're playing for your place next season if the manager's not watching you know I think it is a difficult thing it's a long season it's been a difficult season there's been all this pressure on the team towards the end of the season to stay up you come to a game where it's like well it doesn't really matter too much and what what am I playing for you know I think it must be a difficult one and it was a you know not for us in the stands but for those people out on the pitch it was a hot sunny day so it was a it was a difficult game Uh, and I think you know lots of teams we do see Are you know already on the beach by the time we get to the last game of the season if they've got nothing to play for? So it's, and when you've got no manager to show off for, I think it's a big ask to. I mean, hopefully the fans are enough, but you know, and we got the draw, which is more than we might have done at another point in the season. So yeah, but still lots, lots to work on. And until we know what's going on with the manager, we presume that Vicky won't be the manager given that she's said she's not involved in contract negotiations. We know I spoke to Keris after the game. She said she was having her contract renewal meeting this week. So presumably others are too. So that will mean that news will start coming through. I mean, As Caroline alluded to, we've heard some rumours that maybe Keris and Esther won't be staying with us because the club doesn't want them to stay with us, which, I mean, both of those seem a little odd to me. Keris has played so many minutes this season, um, it would seem odd to to let her go at this point. I would have thought one more year with Keris in the dressing room and on the pitch when we needed her, but maybe that's not going to be the case. And Esther's such a bright young player. I would have liked to see more of her. What do you guys think of the the rumors that are starting to come out and and when do you think we're actually going to start getting some real information?
0: Well, I do agree with you that the Keris one is more surprising to me because I, I think she's been a pretty important part of the squad you know, in the past two seasons. And I don't know, it's just, it's a strange thing to let a player like that go without letting fans know ahead of time and giving them a chance to say like a proper goodbye. Cause I think she is like a really well-liked player amongst the fan base. So that's a little disappointing if that turns out to be true, but of course we will wish her well wherever she ends up. Uh, With Esther, I'm a little less surprised just because of the fact that they have sent her out on loan the past two seasons. We haven't seen a ton of her in actual game time with Spurs, so it's hard to have too strong of an opinion about whether she's a good fit for the squad or not. But what little we did see, I, I felt like there were glimmers there. So I suspect she will do well at another team but it this could just be a sign that Spurs are trying to be a little more ambitious um and just didn't feel like she was at at the level that we want to be at just you know judging on the two teams that she was on loan with most recently so but i feel bad for for her on a personal level cuz i know she is a Spurs fan and that's got to be tough
2: yeah i mean i agree with what you both have said i think it's also interesting that those are both fullbacks. And so there's a question about whether that's a position that they're especially targeting. Obviously the other fullback who is up for renewal is, or is, is as meter We haven't heard any rumors about her yet. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I love, I love, I, I mean, as I was saying earlier, I feel like Harris, you know, she does some things badly. We know that she's not like got masses of pace. But her positioning is really clever. We know that she's really active in organising players, especially in sort of defensive spaces. And, you know, she knows a lot about the game. And so she's the sort of player that you could imagine moving on to a coaching role at some point or doing that kind of mentorship within the club. And that would have been good. Obviously, she doesn't live in London. So that might be not what she imagines for her future. And there might be, you know, hopefully if she is leaving, it's her decision and not the club's entirely I want her to be happy. You know, Esther, I think it feels like, it seems like the club haven't been very excited about keeping her playing with us or spending much time with the squad. And so, yeah, like you say, I think, Caroline, that is less surprising but a shame given that she's a Spurs fan and, you know, has been, had bright moments a couple of seasons ago.
1: So we will focus more on the players. As we know, lots of players out of contract the end of the season As I say we should be hearing more about those kind of things soon but we will focus more on those on an end of season pod hopefully next week for you uh so do um stay around for that so we also have some questions for this pod and we got a few in johannes asked us about the use of subs uh vicky um acted with subs to address issues and also using the full five subs a lot. we didn't crumble Um, after the 2-1 way like we have done before so how do we feel like that and also Johannes asked us about Mana looked like we were playing with 10 players after she came on is is that a fair assessment?
2: I think I already said that I didn't think Mana had her best game I'm not sure if it was 10 players but she definitely wasn't contributing as much as we've seen her contribute in some of the first games when she came to Spurs especially um, the two games against Chelsea when she was very good Uh, in terms of subs 100% agree I think it's been really great to be able to see five subs being used I might have brought on Rhea a little bit earlier um, but i think that having using subs at half time properly making use of the bench to you know bring energy to change the change what's happening make the the opponents have to you know adjust that's really important and so it's been great to see that happening in the last couple of games
0: yeah i think vicky really got the subs right in the last couple of games particularly Although, as Rachel alluded to, it helps to actually have the capacity to make those subs and actually having a full bench. But it was refreshing, I think, just to be able to see like the full breadth of the squad and what different players can offer in different situations. So that was well done from Vicky. I will give her credit. As far as Mona goes, it's a tricky one because I feel like at least once a game when she does play, because we know she's had limited minutes. She's shown those glimpses of her extreme technical skill. Like, I think if we were to look across the squad, she's easily one of the top technical players that we have. It just looks like her either her conditioning has not been right this season or she has a persistent injury, which we know she missed a few games completely through injury. So it, it could just be like a recurring issue that she was dealing with that made it so that we didn't get to see the best of her and it's disappointing because with her being alone I kind of suspect she probably won't elect to stay on with the team past this this half season so I don't know it's I wish we could have seen more from her but it was slightly out of her control parts of it. She certainly did have heavy
1: strapping on her knee in in the West Ham game and before that so yeah she's clearly not been at her at her best and she hasn't Fitted in with the squad in quite the way we hoped she would. Uh, I guess that one thing is manager coming in. We know Arsenal, she came in with the previous manager and was perfect for his style of play. Then they brought in a new manager who played very differently and she found herself, you know, out on the sidelines. So again, whoever is going to be the manager might determine whether she stays or whether she goes. But we know she's pretty much said goodbye to Arsenal. So it's us or somebody else for her in all likelihood this summer. A second question, this time from uh, Spiggy, says, how was the double header viewed in terms of core support for the team being at home? After the men's awards, there was an interlude as the women's teams warmed up during which there was a large exodus of support from all four stands. I mean, I think there was a larger exodus for the final whistle, if I'm honest, of the men's game. Most fans left before that point, And I think there was always going to then be an exodus. We haven't actually had any information about how many people attended that game and I'm not sure they can actually can actually come up with that figure, which we discussed after the game, based on the fact that they don't know how many people left. So they don't know how many people were actually watching. So I guess we'll never know exactly what the stats were for that. And with it being all the, all the stadium all the lower part of the stadium being open, it was harder to tell comparatively with other games how many people there were. But I think I don't I don't think it did too badly you know, we've seen in the past that if you're gonna do a double header with, with other teams, that it usually works better if you do the women's game first rather than the men's game first. Uh so I don't think there was any huge surprise. I don't think any of us were expecting double header to be a huge success. I think it was probably more successful than we feared it might be. What did what did you what was your take on that, Rachel? You were there too.
2: Yeah, I think we talked about this last week and said that the fact that the women played so well was really the main thing that produced a really successful doubleheader. There were still problems in terms of how it was organised, and it wasn't a great look for, especially women's fans coming in to be met with just, you know, waves of men fans leaving, uh, including women's journalists who were coming into a stadium that looked like it was rapidly emptying, and you know, commented on that quite widely. So. It wasn't great, um, but it wasn't surprising given where we are with the men's team.
0: I had heard an estimate of somewhere north of 6,000 for the women's game. I don't know where that number is coming from, full disclosure, but that's certainly more than we average at Brisbane Road. So there, there was some adoption, you know, from the fans that were there for the men's game, but I, I think to speak to the original question, I, I would think that most of the core support was there at that game, whether they got there early for the men's game or came just for the women's game. I feel like we do have a really dedicated core group of supporters that, you know, like y'all are there home and away. So that that's a good thing, at least.
2: I guess it's one of the things that's worth saying about the West Ham game is that they did feel like quite a lot of Spurs supporters there. And obviously it's in London, but... That was a nice thing as the final game, to have a decent support. Again, though, would it be nice to have a proper section so that we could have all sat together and sang together? Well,
1: next season, hopefully that's going to change uh, and there will be more opportunities for away ends. Look out for changes are coming uh, on that front. Final question from David. Uh, How many own goals for the season is that now? Four? Is that more than any other side? Rachel, you're our stats queen. Can you give us an answer to that question?
2: Yes, it is four. And yes, it is more than any other side. Reading and Brighton both have three. And then after that, the only other teams with two are Leicester and Liverpool. So we've done pretty badly in terms of own goals. Let's hope that's all our bad luck used up for several seasons. Uh, We have said one of the issues across the whole season has been mistakes and obviously mistakes don't come out of nothing and it's thinking about how do you organize the team and ways to stop that happening we talked about that a little bit already today in terms of the corner and the defending on that and the fact that we actually defended corners pretty well against Reading and then we did pretty badly in this game
0: yeah I think it it just comes down to our backline chemistry especially being way off this season with Amy Turner coming in, Shalina missing so many games something just was not right. And I feel like that kind of lack of confidence just spread throughout the whole lineup when we were in defensive positions. Cause you know, we did see own goals from a couple of midfielders as well. So hopefully something that will get cleaned up next season, but not, not the record you want (laughs) to (laughs) have. No. No, but I think um yeah, I mean Shalina has had
1: a very difficult season full stop and being the captain and you know, a core player in that defensive lineup that's gonna have an impact. And we know there's been, you know, changes and chopping and changes between threes and fours. So lots going on there. But hopefully next season we will eliminate those because season before this, of course, our defensive record was actually one of the strongest in the league. So A bit of a flip-flopping going on there, but hopefully next season we'll go back to having a strong defence. Thank you for your questions. Do get them in for the end of season pod if you've got anything you want to ask us about the season overall or about what we're expecting to happen this summer. We should talk about England, the squad for the World Cup being announced on Wednesday. I don't think it'll be any surprise that we're saying... Beth England should be on that plane, and there's no absolutely no reason why we can't see her being on the plane. But I, I think that's the view of actually most, not only Spurs fans, but most women's apart from maybe Manchester United fans who've got a different preference for who's on the plane. Um, I think most people think Beth England should be on the plane. Um, are we all? I think we're all behind that call, aren't we?
2: Absolutely. Yes. I mean, 12 goals in 12 games is pretty impressive. And when you look at the chances and how much she's made of them, and as Caroline said, that she has been doing things that we weren't necessarily certain she would do when she came to Spurs, tracking back, pressing, you know, supporting the build up play in order to get those goals. All of those reasons, you know, she has scored, I think it's now more goals than um uh, Alessia Russo. She is, you know in fewer games and so she is really really impressive this season obviously rachel daly is a crazily crazy scoring machine i saw there was a stats from the wsl this um today that showed that she'd scored against every single team many teams home and away except everton which it <laughs> just made me laugh but that was the only team that had managed to defend rachel
1: daly beth england would have scored you know has scored more than half the number of goals that rachel daly scored being at the club for half
2: the time so you know yeah no absolutely they are almost equal in terms of goals I think they're very similar in terms of goals per 90 Mm.
0: Um,
2: so yeah Beth England has done amazing work we know that Rachel Daly's going because she is you know so flexible she can play you know the fact that she can play at left back and she can play as centre forward is astounding and so she's obviously going Rousseau is obviously going. I thought Rousseau did better as a substitute in for England than she has done starting for England in sort of some of the friendly games since then and some of the other games she's played in. But we also know that Ebony Salmon is in the list and Serena is at most going to take three centre forwards, perhaps only two. And so I'm pretty sure that Beth England is put it, you know, done everything she can to claim the third spot, but she's not gonna, you know, unseat
0: those first two. Yeah, I think the fact that Serena Wegman did focus on that kind of super sub strategy in the Euros means that whoever ended up being the two, you know, preferred center forwards, whether it's Daly in England or I mean, personally I think Emily Salmon might have missed her chance because she hasn't had quite as hot of a start to this NWSL season. I do watch a little bit of the dash. I you know, I think that's an opportunity for Beth to get you know, significant minutes in the World Cup, even if she doesn't end up being the starter. If Rachel Daly gets the nod, I think she's still going to have plenty of opportunity to play and show what she's capable of. So to me, it seems like she's a lock to make the roster. I think Serena would be crazy not to call her up. And I think for me, you know, we've all fallen in love with Beth England as a player for Spurs,
1: but I think actually also the person that we've all come to know, you know, we really appreciate her as a person and how she's fitted into the Spurs squad and how she's been with the fans at Spurs and things. I think it's it's become for us, you know, a personal thing as well. Very quickly, you know, you wouldn't have thought after half a season, yes, she's played really well, but She's also been somebody who's just been so good with the fans and with the club and and things. I, I just and we we did speak to her after the game, so we hope that you'll be. And she's she's quite kind a of shrugged her shoulders and said, "Well, I've done everything that I can, so I'll just have to wait and see." And that is how it is. But I do think we'll all be upset on her behalf if she's not on the plane.
2: I was just going to say I looked it up because I'm anal about these things. So Rachel Daly is on one point oh one goals per ninety. Beth is on one goal per ninety. Very close behind her. Uh, The only, if you want to look at Alicia Russo, she is on 0.58 goals per 90. So quite considerably down in terms of her productivity across those 90 minutes. Obviously, that is not the only thing that Serena Vigman is going to be looking at, but it really does highlight just how efficient Bethany England has been. And that's obviously across her her time at Chelsea where she was actually efficient as well. She just had many fewer minutes on the pitch. The, other th- the only thing I would say is that I am I worry that we know that Serena Vigman was at the Manchester United game away, which was like the one game where Beth didn't score and probably did not have her best game. And
0: I hope that she is not over-determining things on the basis of that game. Well, I think if it comes down to her taking three players, it obviously looks better for Beth, but... I <laughs> In my eyes, I feel like on performance as a whole this season and, you know, the games that they actually played, I feel like Beth has to have the edge over Alicia Russo. But since Russo does have, you know, some credit in the bank because of her Euros performance, she would probably be the one to get that third spot over, say, an Ebony Salmon or, you know, any of the other options.
1: I feel like even Manchester United fans aren't loving Russo this season, which, you know, we know they're um, quite quick to judge players, even their own, but that says something as well. So, fingers crossed that that announcement uh, goes the way we want it, and we will have a Spurs player in the England team to be supporting at the World Cup. Although it's going to be a hard slog for the Lionesses with uh, the, all the injuries they have got. Anybody want to make any World Cup predictions while we're here? Who's gonna I was going to
2: do that, but I was just going to say because before other World Cup, uh, I'm sorry, not World Cup, before other England. Um, squad announcements, we've talked about Ashley Neville and wanting her to be in the team and I just thought it was worth saying that I, I was looking at her season again today, sort of looking at her statistics of how she's done and she, you know, she started completely on fire and then she was being moved into multiple positions and she has you know, struggled at various points. She's had periods out. She still ended up having leading the league in terms of tackles and what was the other one? Blocks. And she, you know, she scored three. She's got three assists. She in the game on against West Ham had you know most touches of any player. She was constantly you know doing interesting and exciting things. And it just seems like a real shame that she didn't get an opportunity when she was doing so well. Because I think that the season that Spurs have had and the you know fact that she's been moved into so many different positions across the season has meant that she looks like less of a player than she is and that we have seen her being and so i do not expect her in you know in if furthest reaches the possibility to be selected this time but it is a shame that she didn't get an opportunity earlier in the cycle
1: absolutely yeah i think uh, we've all come to the realization it's not going to happen not because she doesn't deserve it but because for whatever reason she doesn't fit the profile of what Serena's looking for so yeah definitely think she should have been included earlier on in the season the way she was playing and if she's not going to get included then she's not going to get included now do wonder if Molly hasn't started to play her way into contention as well with the way she's been playing with injuries to centre-backs that's one that could you know in the future be uh, be looked at but um, let's focus on getting our first player in the England squad and I think the best chance we have is is Beth England. So fingers crossed that we get the news that we want to get this week. But I think that's probably enough from us for this uh, this pod. As I say, there will be an end of season pod. We do hope that Abby will be able to join us for that one as we talk about players whose contracts are up, manager machinations and all those kind of things. So plenty of hot takes, I'm sure, and some uh, discussion about where we want the club to be going. But for now, from from us at the N17 women, it is goodbye. Uh, It's been a great season in uh, some ways and not very great on the pitch, but we're still in the WSL. So let's enjoy that. And we'll see you in a week or so for the end of season pod.